Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cloud Wars Live, where we explore today's digital revolution by speaking with thought leaders and business executives who are changing how the world lives, works, plays, learns, and dreams. Our guest today is our regular monthly guest, Wayne Saden. He's part of our digital all-star team here to talk about Saden on digital. Wayne, welcome back. Good to have you. Thanks a lot, Bob. I really appreciate being here, and I'm glad to talk to you this morning. Wayne, it's such a uh, timely issue now. So many things going on. Every company trying to figure out how do I move into my digital future? How do I get close to the customers? How do I put the customer at the center of everything? And so probably we're seeing some shifts in the C-suite around chief digital officer, chief information officer, chief technology officer, whatever you want to call that. But if we focus this down a little on the CIOs, and I think as we've talked about before, the roles are changing quite remarkably, but you had a pretty good idea coming into today's discussion about what are some of the questions you'd toss out to a prospective CIO coming into an organization or even one who's been there for a while. So Wayne, just you know, touch on a couple that are top of mind for you and then maybe we'll do a little bit of, a, uh, a little bit of an interview here. That'd be great, Bob. Well, first of all, I wanna say, you mentioned all these titles, CIO, CTO, CDO. So let me reiterate that I've been all three. Sometimes I've been more than one at the same time. Uh, depending on the organization, the challenge that's faced by IT is how do you run the organization day to day and how do you partner with the organization to grow and transform? So whatever the title, the question is who's the person running your technology and who's the person the board should look to. So having said that, I think the board and the CIO don't talk enough. Most boards talk to their CIO four times a year. The CIO comes in, does a state of the IT, and does usually the DR and cybersecurity review, because that's kind of required by the insurance carrier, required by the regulators, and so on. And so you get into a very stilted conversation. And I say this having sat on both sides of that discussion. So the first question I would ask a CIO if I was a board member is who do you spend your time talking with? So the obvious answer is, well, I spend my time with my boss and I spend my time with my boss's team and I spend my time with my team. That's how most people think they ought to spend their time, being a manager, wrong. I think that's the wrong place for a C-suite executive, especially one charged with transforming the organization to spend his or her time. The answer I'd like to hear is I spend my time with frontline team members. I spend my time with middle managers. I spend my time with customers and prospects, maybe go out on sales calls. I talk to my ecosystem partners, who are my suppliers, who are the people I work with to deliver solutions. Even gas, who are my competitors. And then lastly, the executive committee executives. You gotta be out there talking to the people who use what you build. Um, and so the question then that le leads up to that is, what do you ask them? What do you talk about? Really, there's a couple of things. I wanna know what keeps you up at night. If you are a, a customer, if you're a prospect, if you're an employee, if you're a C-suite exec or a board member, what are you worried about? Because if I don't know what you're worried about, how can I work on it? How can I help you? How can I fix it? Um, and the next question is kind of a funny one. I tell people I never come in the morning wanting to be a Dilbert cartoon, wanting to be that person that screws things up for the company. But too many times in larger organizations, those of us providing services 
can become Dilbert cartoons. So the question I ask everybody I meet is what dumb things are we doing that we can stop doing to make you more productive, to make your customers more productive? So another question, another way to ask that question is how do we make it hard to do business with us? Every time I, as the IT leader and my team, can remove an impediment to doing business, we have improved our customer experience and our employee experience. And that's what I want to focus on. You know, Wayne, those are, those are great topics, you know, to jump into this on. And um, I recently gave a talk to a pretty big group of CTOs. One of the things that I asked them was, I said, you know, how about this idea of, we've heard for so long, right, this notion, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I just think that's one of those crippling ideas that at, the, at its core, it has some value. But the notion is just keep doing what you did yesterday, today, and hope or expect it to last into tomorrow. And I think part of a whoever this top uh, business technology strategist is here, business technology leader coming forward, is to identify things. And the issue isn't are they broken or not, but rather is it optimal for those externally oriented things that you just described? Customers, where they're headed, is the company on the right path? Are we breaking into new revenue streams and so forth? Is that a, a fair assessment? I think it's a very fair assessment. And I think that attitude is a horrible attitude and a, a fatal attitude for most companies. Look, I started my career as an engineer. My job when I first got out of school was improving business processes on the factory floor. So when you talk about manufacturing, I lived it. I was right there building stuff. And so I had a boss who told me once, if we've always done it that way, it's probably wrong. <laughs> and, and so I like the idea of a half-life of an idea, half-life of a process. You know, half-life in radioactive decay is how long half of the material is gone. So think about any process we put in. We put it in when we were one-tenth the size. We put it in in a regulatory environment that was different. We put it in with a different competitive situation. We have a different worldview. And now here it is X number of months, days, years later. The question is how much did we put in back then that is still working? And the answer is very little. So I think the half-life of a process used to be 10, 12, 15 years when I started in business. Today, it's probably two or three years which means, frighteningly enough, half of everything we did three years ago was probably nonsense today. And so when I work with clients, and I do this all the time, we're always looking at the process. You know, I'm the IT guy. That's how I'm seen. I'm the CIO. I'm the CIO consultant. I had a client say to me, you're a very unusual IT guy, because whenever you come talk to me, you want to talk about the business and about the process. You don't want to talk about tech stuff. And I said, thank you. That's the best thing I heard all day. Because we've got to dig into why we're doing what we're doing. Um, Bob, you know, the notion of re-engineering. Remember re-engineering? was all the fad for a while. I want to remind the listeners the name of the article written by Jim Champy that defined re-engineering. The title of the article was, Don't Automate, Obliterate. And it was not about how can I do all the nits and nats a little better? It was if I got a process that goes from here to here to here, do I need to do that step? And that's what we as business leaders today are not paying attention to. Are the processes, are the controls, are the tools we're using adding value? 
And we know we got to move faster. And one way to do it is not just to do everything we do faster, but to stop doing stuff that doesn't add value. So if you're manufacturing CTOs are telling you, ah, good enough, give me their name so I can short their stock uh -huh. because uh -huh. they're doomed. Yeah. Wayne, that's a, that's, a, that's a great outlook on it. And I think just what you were saying there, the notion about obliteration, the move to digital requires not just efficiency of doing the same stuff we did before, slightly better, slightly less expensively, but it's doing entirely new sets of things. And to get to that point, right, one of your other uh, key issues that you wanted to bring up here, part of this interview process for the prospective uh, technology leader here, is about you know what I've sometimes called the 80-20 trap, which is the budget gets overwhelmingly uh, tilted toward maintenance, toward infrastructure, toward keeping the lights on and so forth like that. And for many years, right, a lot of uh, technology leaders were able to say, look, hey, I'm doing everything we can. There's just no way out of it. We don't have the physics. We don't have the capability to get around it. But today in the age of the cloud and so forth like that, I don't think that's a viable argument. So your prospective interview comes in and you ask him this question or her this question, what is the ratio that you're devoting toward innovation versus maintenance? They better have an answer that comes in at what level? Well, they don't know what your shop is like. So there is no good number 